Hey, what's up, you guys? It's Anna. Hey, what's up? I'm Shad, the Truth on Wheels. It's not true. We are. We are. We are. Involving three. Hey, 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 hey. It's Involving three. Hello, ladies. Hey. How y'all doing? I'm good. I'm doing good. So, this conversation that we're getting ready to have. We have been wanting to have this conversation for a while. As you know, there are plenty of people with disabilities out there, like us. There are even people who don't have wheelchairs, like us too. So this episode is going to be titled, The Reason Behind Our Disabilities. Okay? Everybody wants to know why we use our wheelchair, why we do this. And everybody thinks that everybody with a disability is the same, and we all know that they're not. Right? Right. Everybody is different in their own way. So, I've known you guys for about five years. And before I met you guys, I didn't really know too many people like us. Okay? There was, like, how we talk and how we're so involved with each other. Uh People were never like that because they were so close and afraid of what everybody was going to think, especially with me growing up. My disability happened in in 1989. You know, I was born with cerebral palsy. So, Growing up, I, I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. I just was like, okay, um, I have an older brother. We were two years apart. It was just me and him. He was walking, okay? He was doing stuff around the house, and I couldn't do that stuff. My thing was crawling. Mm-hmm. So I, I used to literally <laughs> crawl on the floor, and my knees got so ugly. Bro, my knees were disgusting. <laughs> because I would crawl because I didn't have balance. So... I couldn't walk like my brother did and wearing braces and going to school and Mm -hmm. seeing so many kids that were like me. It it was extremely challenging. I became severely depressed. I was very upset. And at the same time with me going through surgeries, because I had to have surgeries every two years, I was also struggling to find my inner me Mm -hmm. because I was struggling with my sexuality. At what age? So, Charlotte really ain't no age on it. it, it you, are, you always knew? I always knew that a girl, I just wasn't into a woman. Mm-hmm. A woman couldn't do nothing for me. And I, I think at the age of seven, I really knew because my mom would leave and I would try on her shoes. I would be in the room, like, literally trying on her shoes and walking around the house in her heels, right? Uh-huh. And my brother, my older brother never really said, what are you doing or why are you doing that? I was just always going, playing her hair and playing her makeup and playing her shoes. And when she get home, I'm pretty sure she knew her, sh- <laughs> her <laughs> shoes were moved and they weren't in the same area that they used to be when she left. So, I mean, like, going to school, I always hung around a lot of girls. Mm-hmm. Because I was known as the boy in the wheelchair that can really dress. I was really into fashion. So girls always cling to me. And I was always wanting to go to the mall. I hated sports. I never watched sports. I always wanted to go to the mall, the mall, the mall, the mall. I always wanted the next pair of shoes or the next pair of jeans or, or, or looking nice. Because in my mind, when I went to school, everybody was staring at me. Like, everybody would just stare at me. I would mainstream. Mm-hmm. And I would be in these classes with people that weren't disabled having to get up, having to use crutches, having to use braces. It was it was horrible for me. And I was always trying to fit in because I was like, I can't cross my legs. I can't act like a girl. I can't cut it on or cut it off. It's not a switch. Yeah, and I can imagine back then being young, being gay, 
being picked on because of it. It's like, oh, he's he's so feminine. He's so this. He's so that. Yeah, I was. I had the whole. Honey, I had the whole hand motion. I had the whole... It was one time my dad... My dad was like, why do you always do this? <laughs> and it was just like I... It was me. Mm-hmm. But the family that I have, my, my grandparents, they were Jehovah Witnesses. They, my grandmother still... I lost my granddaddy two years ago. They we, we grew up studying, you know, Jehovah Witnesses and how Jehovah Witnesses were. And... That wasn't a religion that we kept or we wanted to be, but because of the respect for my grandmother, we went to the Kingdom Hall and we did the assemblies and stuff like that. So me saying that I was gay child to a, to a family that's 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 Jehovah Witness. Uh, it it just didn't work, honey. It didn't work. Um, but now I'm a proud gay black man. Okay, okay, we love that. all right. Period. And I love me. So that's just how how I mean. But but it took me a while to get to that level. Mm-hmm. It was. It's, it was challenging it was very challenging so with that you being a proud gay man how does that fall in line with you being disabled as well like Ooh. are you are you a proud gay disabled man or are you just a proud gay man Okay, look at come come on. <laughs> come on. With the questions he said with the questions, that's good, okay. Let's talk about it. Right. So there okay, so there is a difference, guys. Okay. There is a difference. Um all right, so when I was younger it was like, Okay, you're just gay. But then when I noticed how ignorance how ignorant men are. And I'm sorry. I love my LGBTQ family. I love you guys so much. But men get on my nerves, okay? As a straight woman. They, right. <laughs> I'm still just, honey, I don't even know why I decided to even date these things. But um, I will consider myself a proud gay, disabled black man because alongside with me just being gay, there's a wheelchair that's not going nowhere. Yeah. And it's horrible because they don't care. Mm-hmm. You can... The lifestyle I've learned, they're so close-minded to the things that you don't know, and everything is about image. And if you don't meet that image, they ain't trying to see you. This is very true. It is so difficult to date when you have a disability. There's so much stuff that I've been through that I don't talk about, and I don't have... I guess it's built up. (laughs) Especially, I'm glad that I'm able to share this on the show, because I guess it's built up because I've never been able to talk to my family about it. So this space involving three is going to be a therapy space for me. Okay. So you're a proud gay disabled black black man. man. Well, a proud black gay disabled man. In that order. (laughs) In that order. Question. Answer. With you being, you said um, you didn't see anybody like you until you got to school, right? Yes. So was that like throughout grade school or a certain portion of grade school? So I don't really know how my mom found the schools for me to actually go to. I just remember getting on a bus Mm -hmm. (laughs) and seeing wheelchairs tied in the back and and people using crutches and people with prosthetic legs and burn victims. I remember one of my best friends in in, um, elementary school was allergic to the sun Mm -hmm. and he could not go outside. So that really opened my eyes to knowing, okay, Rashad, you're not just like this. There's so many people that are way worse than you. Now, I was seven, and my mom, I came home, and my mom said, I got something to tell you. I'm pregnant. I was upset. 
because I was so used to getting attention <laughs> from being disabled and being the center of attention and my mom she was so caring to me and so careful with me and my grandparents were too I, that part I will not take from them because they were so loving but um yeah I was seven my mom gave birth to my little brother who happens to also have the same disability as me hmm. and I'm gonna stop right there because my brother he's a grown man he is now 26 he's about to be 27 on January 25th and he has his own voice so as the show goes along, you guys will hear that side of him. But I was very upset. I was very upset that um, my mom was pregnant. And I was so upset that I went to school telling everybody that I heard my mom having sex. And I hear my mom having <laughs> no, sex. No, you did She asked your mama out. Made, and the reason why she became, I remember my teacher pulled her to the side and was, child Rashad's going to school telling you everybody your business and what y'all no, do. And my mom was so mad at me because I was, I, I was mad. I was like, I don't want nobody to take my spot. Who is this boy coming around trying to take me, baby? I was just, it just didn't work, so. Um, but I love my brother to death now, you know, looking forward, I, I, going forward, I, I really love my brother. He's like my best friend. I don't I don't think that there's anything that I would do without his opinion first. And he is the only person in my family that has never judged me for being a gay, disabled black man. That's good. You need that support system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You really do. Because I don't have it. Without my little brother, I don't have it nowhere else. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure with y'all growing up with cerebral palsy together, I'm pretty sure that was something that y'all could, y'all little special bond. Honey, speaking of that bond, you know, <laughs> we had a bond, we, we had a bond growing up and sometimes it affected my family because my family never knew why we were so close mm-hmm. and it just irked my nerves because it's like, why would you not think that we're close? He has the same thing. We both have the same thing. And you guys, you. it was like a jealous... Bless, bless you, baby. <laughs> it was like a jealous Ooh, thing going on. I don't know. <laughs> it was... I want to say that, that my family, to me, I felt like they were jealous. Because y'all had that special... It was It was so much going on in one period. It was like they even was making up stuff. Yeah, they started making up stuff, um, I feel... Because of how close me and Javon were. And can't nobody tell me um, how to feel because I saw it from my own eyes. Mm-hmm. You can try to deny it all day, but I saw it. Yeah. So, do you think being black and disabled, our families, well, your family, uh, seeing y'all two together like as if y'all couldn't, they couldn't sit with y'all Type thing. I don't think it was a they can't sit with us type of thing. I think it was more so he don't want to be around nobody with Rashad. He's doing everything that Rashad says doing. If Rashad if if if, if we think that Rashad is wrong, Javon's gonna think Rashad is right all the time. And I don't think that was the case. I just think Javon at the time with everything that he was going through because he shared some personal stuff with me over the years. I just think they didn't understand him. And I think by us having the same disability, I understood where he was coming from. Because mm-hmm. you were not in his shoes. Yes, you're you're his mother. Yes, you're his father. Yes, you're his brother. But you're not battling the same realm that we're doing. We are fighting together to win this battle of CP, to win this battle of we are disabled, to win this battle of we're still human beings together. And that's what they weren't getting. Gotcha. So, yeah. Hmm. So it 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 just it was a lot. It definitely was a lot. Um, and and as I got older and put myself out there, you know, I did my uh, formed it my organization in twenty 
um, 13 and met people like yourself. Mm -hmm. Me and you met. You came to one of my events that I was having for the No Hate campaign. I remember when we did that, and we did very well with it. And we made the front of the newspaper, the, the Washington Times. And then I was coming home from a therapy appointment, and I met Anna. Mm-hmm. And um, seeing you guys on social media and seeing how you guys do your day and how you are, it's just an amazing thing to see. It's an amazing thing to be a part of. I'm glad to be your friend. I'm glad that you guys are embracing yourselves, which turns me to you, Miss Nitro. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to know the real story behind what actually happened to I mean, you don't know the you. whole thing. Huh? I don't. So break it down for me. And I mean break it down like Bobby <laughs> Brown. Break it down with new addition, honey. I want to know. So you you do know I'm paralyzed. But how I got here wasn't something super traumatic like a car accident or something like that. So when I was younger, <clears throat> when I was younger, I used to fall a lot. I used to walk on my tippy toes all that and my mom's like something ain't right so we went to um specialists they thought i had cerebral palsy or spina bifida but they were like it's not spina bifida because you know you got to have the opening on your spine and so we did mris therapy and then one day what was it december 18th 2004 i remember this day me and my mom and my godmom and my brother, we were eating crabs. And we get a call at like 8 o'clock at night. And they're like, get her to the um, hospital. She needs emergency surgery. So uh, my mom's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? They found a cyst on my spine. And they were like, she needs to get surgery. We need to decompress it. And we went to the hospital. I'm like, in the fourth grade i believe so was that seven no that's like ten nine ten one of those i'm in the hospital i just remember my leg shaking i'm in the hospital gown and next thing i know i'm waking up and i'm on the bed and i'm hurting so they cut me from the top of my back all the way down so I have a zipper. And <laughs> <laughs> That's a cute way of looking at yeah, it. I have a zipper. zipper. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is a cute way of thinking of it. I, I have a zipper too. <laughs> I, so I have a scar too, but it's not a zipper. It's a little bit further down my back. Mm-hmm. It's not a hole. It's not all the way up there. It's still a zipper. Yeah, because yeah. on the side, because mine's, I, I think I had staples or something. So it do mm-hmm. look like. Like yeah. a zipper. It looks like a zipper. It's like a line and it's the two things <clears throat> on yeah. the side of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate my back, so I don't really, I just know the scar is there. Oh. Yeah. I don't, like when I get, when I'm taking a bath, I always have somebody wash my back and I I, I feel them touching that little scar crease where mm-hmm. it is. So it, and it feels so good. Yeah. I don't know. But like, <laughs> when you're touching, especially yeah. that, that where I got surgery, it just feels so good. Like, I'm like, oh, thank it you. Do. <laughs> it feels soothing. Like, it do, it do, it definitely does. Mm-hmm. But, so you were hurting. Mm-hmm. Because the surgery, I was in surgery for a few hours. And um, I was able to 
come home for what was it Christmas Eve I came home Christmas Eve I couldn't really enjoy my Christmas I honestly don't remember Christmas really Mm-hmm. They say that they brought like my Christmas gifts to the bed. I don't remember none of that stuff. Really? None of it. Um, but I do remember walking like slowly back and forth from my bedroom to the living room. And one day I was like, you know what? I miss running. I'm going to run. And so I would like run back and forth in the living room. And then after that, I was like, I'm set. And then um, two years later, so after that, each year I had an MRI, and I still have to get them. So now it's every two years. Um, two years later, I had another MRI, needed another surgery, but this time they put a shunt in. Ooh, a shunt. Yeah, it's a tube. So they put it from my stomach to my spine, so it would drain. And I wish they never did that, because. I feel like if that would have never happened, I wouldn't be paralyzed. But at the same time, the thing about being in this wheelchair, it humbles you. (laughs) My morals would be out the window. I'm telling you. But sixth grade, I had to have another surgery. It worked. Um, Seventh grade, same thing. It It was okay. I was still walking with the limp. I was dragging my foot. Eighth grade, another surgery, but this one, I got nerve damage in my right leg. So I was really dragging it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this, okay, so you, what age were you when all of this started occurring? The first surgery? No, in general. Oh. When all of this started happening to you. Nine or ten. I was like nine. Yeah. So how do you know? I'm 28. So can you, because for me being born with it, again, I'm. I say this to people that are not bo- typically born with a disability. Mm-hmm. Do you ever lay in your bed and you wonder why are you or why has this happened to you? Or have you ever had that moment where you'd be like, why the hell is this happening For to me? For sure. And why am I going through this and I just, I just can't do it? Absolutely. Because some days I have my optimism. I'm like, I'm optimistic. And I'm like, okay, maybe it was for a reason. Maybe I needed to you know um be an inspiration to someone even though i hate that but then i'm like why me (laughs) i was chilling and then all of a sudden i can't walk no more so as a teenager so i was still able to walk i would walk around the house holding on to the doors to the walls still had my limp i would use my chair temporarily like at school and then um around that time I'm still dealing with it so when I got my wheelchair I went to (laughs) I went to Sandalwood it's the biggest high school it's the biggest school in Jacksonville and I was on crutches my ninth grade year and my mom felt so bad she felt like an unfit parent and she was like you getting in this wheelchair 10th grade and I was like no they gonna pick on me why would I no I could walk and she was like it don't matter it's easier for you. As soon as I got to 10th grade in that wheelchair, I was like, dang, I should have did this earlier. <laughs> this was so much easier. But unlike you, I didn't have anybody else that was disabled in that school. I didn't know anybody else that was disabled. I was the only one. You know, that yeah. that had to be challenging because even when I told you guys, when I went to, when I was in school, I mainstreamed from 
from elementary to high. So I didn't, they had this thing where they called the ESC classes for people that were like disabled that couldn't really function and couldn't really get it. And then they had mainstream classes where you can get everything. Mm-hmm. I mainstream, but being in the room with all of those people and I'm the only one in a wheelchair and I got, to, I was using crutches at the time too. And then child, I had the braces, not like Forrest Gump had, but they went all the way up my leg. And for some strange reason, my mama, hey mama, she uh, wanted me to wear braces and shorts. <laughs> and I hate it. Okay, so why I, would she do that? <laughs> I hate it wearing shorts. I hate shorts to this day. I do not wear them. I will wear them around the house, and if I wear them around the house, I'm going to bed. You will always see me in jeans as long as I live. Mm-hmm. I have a million pairs of jeans in my closet because of how my legs looked. Mm-hmm. And it's not a it's not a you hate your legs. It's it's no. I was the braces scarred my legs up a lot. And they were uncomfortable. So I hated it. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how you felt when you are in school. Yeah. You're the only one. And I'm pretty sure them kids was like, well, what's wrong with her? Like, what's going on? With- yeah. So, like, if rewind um, with the crutches, I also had to wear an AFO. And on my right leg, and Javon I hated had to wear it. My Isn't little brother. that like a brace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's a it's a leg brace, and it went. Mine went to my um, like middle calf, and my ankles. I hated it because it would rub up against my ankle. But I needed it. But I still hated it. So I wore pants. Never wore uh, shorts unless I was home. But yeah. So I I get it <laughs> I get it I'm not a Honey I'm, And then they came out With these things With these little male capris These little shants Where they're shorts And <laughs> pants at the same Why? Take them off the rack um, Nobody wants it <laughs> Like it was just like No And my mom tried to Look what I got Girl I don't want no. them either Like no I Just take it away Hide yeah. it But once I got that chair I didn't wear My brace uh, To school Cause why would I I'm not going to be walking around. And then, um, so, I want to say my 11th grade year. So, my my disorder is called syringomyelia Chiari malformation. And usually, people... No, that sounds like somebody got an African name. Say it again. <laughs> no, I was going to say, that's wait, a, what? That's it's, not like somebody from Africa. It's who? It's syringomyelia Chiari hey. malformation. Hey, that sounds like... The sister, the older sister, the middle <laughs> sister, and the little sister all in one. And we are a family. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, usually people uh, who get it, well, first of all, it's when your spinal fluid builds up on your spine. And then that's the syringomyelia. The Chiari oh. is when your cere- cerebellum um, pulls down into that cavity. And it starts, well, it makes you have, like, chronic pain. It um, affects your walking and things like that, your vision. Fortunately, I never had the vision or the chronic pain. Usually people who have it, they get the Chiari first. I didn't. I got the syringomyelia first. Wow. And my doctors are always like, I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know either. And so um, I don't have chronic pain. I don't have any of that. Well, that's good. That's very good. But I am paralyzed due to, in 2013, well, let me back up. Kiari came, 2011. Had to get brain surgery. 
Wait, wait a minute. You got cut on your head? Brain surgery. You got cut on your head? Mm-hmm. I have a zipper back here. Wait a minute. Not, 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 not true. I did all the time knowing you. This is so bad. This is so horrible. So <laughs> wow. put me to the back of the bus. Okay, I'll say it. <laughs> I did not know that you had brain surgery, too. I had brain surgery 2011, my 11th grade year. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know you then. Nope. But I still didn't know you had it. Nope. It's not something I usually talk about because it was only once. But that's still a part of your journey with you. With you and your testimony. Like, it is. So I, so I tell story. people if they ask, they're like, how many surgeries you have? I'm like, okay, let me see. One, two, three, and then this one and this one. But, yeah, I had brain surgery. Um, and then they fixed it. They uh, decompressed that. And then... 2013 I went in for a routine MRI and my old doctor he retired and a new doctor she came in and I love her and she was like okay here's the thing your syringomyelia is back the Chiari is fine but your spinal cord attached itself to some tissue and it's bent we need to go in this is a life or death situation and you will come out paralyzed from the waist down. Oh, and me my being, God. Yeah. Me being 18 at the time, going on 19, I'm like, all right, cool. It's just another, it's just another um, surgery. And then surgery came. I was able to move a little bit. I went to rehab for like two months. I was fine, but couldn't get into therapy right away, and I lost it all. So oh, that's what I meant to ask you. So, like, when you first got out of the surgery, you wasn't paralyzed at first? I couldn't feel. I couldn't feel anything, but I could still move my legs. I could still kind of stand up. Yeah. And then eventually it just, like, mm-hmm. went away. Oh, wow. But it's, some come back. Some have come back. Like, I can move my hips a little bit. I have faint feeling in my legs and my feet. So the spasms are crazy. You <laughs> we were just talking about that too. Like. So let me tell you something. All of the spasms out there, you get on our nerves. Nerves, really? Because yeah. no one knows when you're coming. No one asks you to come in. We just wish that you would just go on about your nappy head business. For real. You Listen, and your no edges. At the worst times, I was just telling her mm-hmm. I was on a date. <laughs> and you got and a spasm. I got a spasm. Uh, it was just like <laughs> after he was making her blush. Yeah. Shut up! <laughs> but no, really, uh, he was making you blush. I bet you were showing all of your teeth and your gums at the same time. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that, it happened, or like, um, if I'm trying to get out the car and it's raining, that's yeah. when they come at the worst. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. I was saying that, too, because it's more so, like, when I'm getting out of the shower or, like, trying to transfer, that's when they really be like, I'm like, come on. Well, you know, in in muscle spasms defense, when you're getting out of the shower and you're moving and your muscles don't move as much, I would, uh, it makes sense for that to happen. Yeah. Because you're trying to, you're transferring, your, you're, you're doing so much to your body. And not saying that your body is not used to it, but your muscles... They react differently because with yeah. me, I could, I could be laying down. I could be what I hate is me going to work because you know I work two jobs. So I'm I'm at work and I could be dealing with the patient and 
She'd be like, well, honey, why is your leg just jumping? I'd be like, don't pay no attention. Just, just, just get to your appointment. And my leg just start jumping. And I grab it like, honey, please, like, stop. Let me get through the day. Right. I, I hit mine like, can you stop can you showing out down? in front of these yeah. folks? Yeah, like, nobody, stop. <laughs> it's just not. But, I mean, yeah. we, we deal with it. We deal mm-hmm. with it. But I didn't, so, okay. She tells you that you're going to be, this is a life and death surgery. And then, she tells you that you may be paralyzed. Like, what was, besides you saying, okay, it's just, a, it's just a surgery, but when you found out you were actually paralyzed, what went through your mind? Um, I was like, whoa. I'm not used, I'm used to bouncing back and after was, surgery. And there was no bounce back. There was no bounce back. It was like, you got to go to rehab. I would, I remember her telling me, hey, you got to get out this bed and sit in this chair and I would be sitting in the chair and I'm sliding. And I'm like, hold up. I can't pull myself back up. What's going on? Oh, my God. Because yeah, imagine <laughs> from going from that to that. So I could feel her on that situation because, you know, I my situation didn't happen until I was 17. So yeah. it's like that's definitely something that's like, you know, you're used to doing all of this and then you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. So. And then my... 19 year old self even then I'm like oh I'm gonna go to therapy I couldn't get into therapy and I'm like I'm gonna walk again and then right after that I just went straight to college put everything behind like paralyzed what is that and I think that's <laughs> around the time I met you I think you were still going to school mm-hmm. and we conversed it a little bit we didn't we didn't say too much I don't know if I was going off on somebody when I met you or not you were on the phone you were on the phone. We met on the bus. And I don't know phone. if I was arguing because I know I was going off on somebody when I met, <laughs> when I met Anna. But I I was like, oh, she's in a chair. And I was like, you turned around. And I was like, oh, she's not ugly. And then in my mind, I was like, well, shy, don't stop talking about her being ugly. She's in a chair. That's what matters. You want more people in a chair. And I had just started my organization. My organization had just started the year I met you. It was in 2014 when I first started Comfortable With Myself, Inc., which is the organization I have that empowers people to be comfortable and love themselves. We started with 13 people, went mm-hmm. from 13 to 8, went from 8 to back to 14. Um, and now, um, during COVID, my organization took a huge hit because um, I lost advocates, we lost people, mm-hmm. and I basically had to start it over, um, hence involving three. <laughs> and... Uh, I, I just was like, at the time, I said, she seems like she's so cool. And I'm glad that, that I actually stayed in contact to mm-hmm. see that. Me too. Because sometimes you need people that know what it's like and what you're going through. Which brings me to this gorgeous one yes. that's sitting beside <laughs> me. Miss Anna. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I have a million questions for you. I bet you I do, child. <laughs> Okay. I have a million questions for your pretty face. <laughs> I remember meeting you. Like I was telling the truth, I met you. You were you were on the bus. I don't know if you were coming back from vocate re- rehab or something. Yeah, I was coming back from school. I was getting ready to go home because I had to fly to Atlanta. I told you that I would be back and we would be in contact. Um, and I saw you through the years um, on social media doing your thing. And then the, when I really paid attention to you, you actually became pregnant and you shared a photo mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. of you pregnant with your family. And I was like, look at Fred. I, just kept, <laughs> like, I, I kept yelling like you could hear me through the... I was My like, baby. Fred finna have a baby. And like y'all did, like the matching clothes and stuff like that. So I, But I always wanted to know, because I know that you told me the reason why you use your wheelchair and the reason behind your wheelchair. Take me in the trail back to yes. that day of what happened to you. Okay. So mine's was different than y'all's. Um, I didn't have to have a lot of surgeries like y'all. I only had to have one. Um, so what happened to me when I was 17, I remember the day. I remember the day like it was yesterday. It was April 25th of 2011. And um, it was the day after Easter. I, I just remember the day like it was yesterday. And I remember we were hanging outside, you know, it was kids outside, it was nice outside. And my brothers and them, they did used to be into like, you know, like bad boys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had just walked over there to where my brother was at. We were just hanging out. And um, I guess my brothers and them were not, it wasn't even my brothers, it was my brother's friend that was beefing with some guy that I had nothing, like I had just walked over here, which is the crazy part. Um, they had beef going on or something like that. So I was sitting on the porch by myself and I remember it was two people who told us that somebody was about to come shoot. And the first time they told me that I was still sitting there because I was sitting there by myself and like two porches over was my brother and like the rest of the kids. It was a lot of kids out that day. We were hanging out. It was the day after Easter. It was nice. Um, and then the second time they came back and they were like, you know, they're about to start shooting. So I got up to start walking towards my brother and I instantly got shot. I didn't have no time to run. Like I just instantly like dropped and I just, my legs went out and I just remember we just laying there going like this and I was just screaming at my brother. I'm like, woody, woody, woody. I just kept screaming to my brother and I'm just laying there. And then, like, when I looked back, I seen him laying on the car because he had got shot, too. But he got shot in his leg, and he was just looking at me. And I was just laying there, like, my legs. I couldn't feel my legs, so I knew I was already better. Like, because I was just standing there, like, like, oh, my God. I was laying there, like, woody, woody, woody. And then I looked over, and my brother's porch was on the porch. My brother's friend was on the porch, and he was laying down still shooting. So I'm just laying there while they're shooting. Oh, my God. That's yeah, so, so they were shooting for a while, and I was laying there for a while, and then it's crazy. Like, I was going to say that about it, but, like, when I was laying there, it was this guy that was standing in front of me. His name was Furball, and he had, like, this bright wings around him, okay? And, you know, a year later, he got killed on my birthday, and they said that his brother had set it up. It's just crazy, like, how all, like, when I sit back and I look at it, and I just, like, life is really crazy. You just need to do good in life. But, yeah, so I'm laying there, I'm laying there or whatever, and then I don't remember them coming and getting there and putting me on the ambulance. I don't remember that part. I just remember I'm in the ambulance, and there was this car behind them, and they pulled over and was like, get off my ass like that, get off my ass like that, and it was my mom. My mom was like, that's my daughter, that's my daughter, <laughs> and that's the last thing I remember. And then I woke up, I think, like, a day later or something like that. And, um, like I said, I already knew I was paralyzed. Because once I got shot, I couldn't feel my legs. I, like, I just I already knew something was up. Mm-hmm. So, um, you oh, know, wow. my mom told me and stuff that I was paralyzed. But, like, it didn't really hit me because I was a child. So, and I had so many people that was looking up to me. Like, you don't, it was so many kids there that day. Like, three kids got shot that day, but mine was the most severe one. But, like... It was a traumatic time. Like, I know a lot, all the kids that was there, it 
you know, affected them in a way because it was something so traumatic to witness at a young age. But, um, yeah, it didn't really hit me that, that when I was that young because... Like I said, I was young and I had so many people looking up to me. It didn't really lay on me to now that I'm a mom mm-hmm. and I became a woman and, you know, you know, my health has been, you know, you know, going through what it's been going through. But I'm alive. And like I've been saying from day one, I'm thankful for that, you know, because I am doing stuff that they scratched out for me. Like, you know, I did have my beautiful baby girl. Hello. Hey, friend. So, yeah, I'm very independent. I live on my own, you know, because I used to think I wouldn't be able to do that. But, you know, I work and I take care of my baby. I drive. I do everything on my own. So. So when you were, okay. So when you were laying there, did you feel the bullet? So the bullet went in and it came out. So it went in my back. And it hit my spine, my ribs, my lung, and it came out my shoulder. Oh, mind you. So, my mom got there. My mom got there or whatever. And nobody was touching me at first. Like, they just was laying me there at first. But when my mom got here, she was like, my baby's not going to die on this floor. She's not going to die on this floor. She kept trying to pick me up. And my brother thought that it was coming from my arm because it was blood coming from more. But he was putting pressure right here. But it was really my back. But when my mom got there, my mom was like, because the ambulance took forever. Like, they took forever. And I remember my mom did get there, and she was like, like, it was just so, it was just so, like, traumatic. It was just, like, very traumatic. That sounds, it it is amazing that you were able to sit on our show and talk about what actually happened to you. Because, like I said, before I met you guys, there was nobody else that... Mm -hmm was willing to talk about what they went through. Mm-hmm. And like I told in the trail, how is it now that you are one way? You were born one way, and now you have to use a wheelchair. Do you ever sit and wonder why you? Yeah, I always do. I still get those, you know, those days, like, why me? But then I try to, you know, not to question God and, you know, just be thankful that I am still here, you know, because people have it worse, so... I'm trying to yeah. shake that. I don't want to, you know. I have a daughter now, so it's like, I got to keep going, you know. I, It's like, I'm here for a reason now. Mm-hmm. So. There you are. I think that's the thing about being paralyzed. Um, you're like, dang, my legs don't work. But then you realize there's other people out here who's paralyzed, who arms aren't mm-hmm. working like they used to. Mm-hmm. Or... If they are the same level as you, they have worse symptoms. Mm-hmm. So it's certain things we have to look out for. It's called AD. I'm not too sure exactly like what it is, but that's one thing we have to look out for. And I see a lot of them get it real bad. I never heard of AD. I'm gonna have to look at it. I know it's the pressure sores that I'm yeah, pressure like, sores ooh, too. Like scary. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you know, like I just got out of the hospital and I yeah, still I have a hole in my, you know, buttocks because of that. So it's like I've been really scared because of that because that's something serious for us. Like you know, yeah, we can really sores. get, you know, it can be deadly. I don't. So I don't. I don't have the. <coughs> excuse me. I don't get the pressure sores. However, I sit weird. Mm-hmm. So if I ever come to y'all house, I W sit, and I'm not supposed to W sit. So neither one of y'all may not tell me I shouldn't sit like that because I've been sitting like it for years and I'm gonna keep sitting like it. W sitting is basically me sitting on my legs. 
Oh. And I'm not supposed to do it because when I get up, everything <laughs> because you've been sitting on your legs. But I've been doing it for years. So you like, like sit with your legs like folded up? So it look like a W. Oh, okay. And my, my best friend, he be like, how do you sit? My mom be like, that look like it hurt. But it's comfortable <laughs> But I like you, the way huh? I get dressed like that. I get dressed on the floor. I do everything. There's an area in my room where I just do everything. My hair, my clothes, my shoes, everything. On the floor. It eat on the floor. Like, I'm just, because I crawled. So, I'm so used to being on the floor. Mm-hmm. But I, I sit other places, yes. But the floor is my comfort zone. So I've never gotten a bed sore. I used to get risings a lot. And in 2015, that's how I almost died because I had septus. I had one on the back of my leg that was the size of a dime. What that exactly went from the size that? of a quarter. That went the, from the size of a tomato. A rising. Mm-hmm. It's a like a like a knot. Oh. And it's usually filled with pus. And sometimes so like Yeah, sometimes you can bust it, but this was not bust- busting. Um it stayed on my leg for a week within a week it was the size of a tomato and I remember me going to take a bath I just finished watching Beyonce on the Super Bowl with um, Bruno Mars okay Beyonce um hello (laughs) um but when I got out of the tub I fell and could not get up and I immediately went into shock and I started screaming and my brothers burst into the bathroom and I said Rashawn please don't touch me that's my older brother name Rashawn I said do not touch me it hurt everything hurts it feels like something is stabbing me and I just started screaming crying I was cause everything hurt so I passed out mm-hmm. passed out woke up in the emergency room and it was tape over the, the windows and the, the, the areas and everything was so dark and I woke up with all these IVs and buttons over me. And I'm like, what is going on? Why am I here? The lady said, you don't know what happened to you. I said, no. She said, you passed out. I said, where am I? She said, you're at the hospital. I said, why? She said, because you have septus. I looked up septus. And I shouldn't have looked it up because my phone was on the side of me. My brother had left all my stuff on the side of me. And I looked up what septus was. And I immediately called my grandmother on the hospital phone. And I was crying. I was like, they said I have septus. And <laughs> And then I already knew what was going on. And my grandma was like, you're not going to die. You're fine. And then that I, is, That's something but serious. But, guys, I was I was so sick to the point where they airlifted doctors from New York, from mm-hmm. Washington, from Seattle. from It was just like all of these doctors was coming in because no one had had septus, I think, in Jacksonville at the time. No one had got it. So they was trying to figure out why I was so sick because I turned purple. That's why they had the, the, the stuff closed and the mirrors closed because... I guess they didn't want me to see my color and how I looked. Jesus So Christ. I got a pick line IV in my arm. <clears throat> and I had to walk around with a pick line IV. Um, I had to be changed. I had to, I had a catheter in me. Um, I had to learn how to walk all over, all over again. Take steps, take a shower. Um, learn how to get in out of my wheelchair. After I, it took me so many years to become comfortable and know how my body works. Mm-hmm. And then septus came and shut it all back down. And I too have a scar where the where the, the rising was, um, and I'm always scared that I'm going to get another one. So whenever I get another rising or something, I don't care how it looks. I'm so quick to go to the emergency room because that right. I never knew that it could do that, and the infection went into my bloodstream. So yeah, that's my blood serious. was infected, and I was so sick. Oh my god, I was oh, so sick. Jesus. And um, Dang, the crazy. whole time that I was 
because I had just um, started my organization. I had just left from meeting Russell Simmons. I had just um, came from doing that trip and telling him about my organization and what I wanted to do because I was really out there. I was modeling. I had became a cover model. I was doing all of this stuff. I was still writing in my bed mm-hmm. things that I wanted to do, kind of like a bulletin board type of thing, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do it. So at that point, it was a bucket list. Yes, things <laughs> that I wanted to do. And when I got when I got better, the, my mom got so upset with me because the first place I did and the first place I went was to Atlanta. The lady said my pick line Ivy was coming out that week. That week I bought my ticket. Mm-hmm. The next week after that, I flew to Atlanta. To Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Weak as a dog. Couldn't <laughs> get. Like, but I'm seat. going. He he out of here. But honey, he was on that plane. You hit me. <laughs> Sharp as a tack, but weak as a dog. And needed all the help in the world, but I, it, it worked. So yeah, it. it I mean, I, we just have to keep going with certain mm-hmm. things that happen to us, even when you when when you have your disability. We have to keep going. Yeah, I don't know um, if it's like this for you. Well, probably we could probably. Um, uh, connect on this but you said you didn't really mourn your your disability until mm-hmm. you became an adult and that's the same for me like I said I went straight to college like six months after I was like I'm going to school <laughs> and so I went to school I didn't really think about it until I became what was that two years ago 26 yeah, 26, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm paralyzed. What the heck? <laughs> like, hold up. I'm not going to be able to do this, to do this. I wonder what this would have been like. Mm-hmm. Would I have been in, like, multiple relationships? Would mm-hmm. I have been this way? Would I have been that way? What have I been, what would I have been like? If that wouldn't happen, if yeah. that wouldn't happen to I me, I feel like that all the time. Like, what would my body look like? Because yeah. when I was young, like I was shaped like, and even though I still have a shape, but I would want to know what it would have looked like now after yeah. you know I became a woman. But yeah. that's very true because I remember. So, nineteen, I'm paralyzed. Still have a teenage body. I remember I was in the kitchen. I put on my KFOs, mm-hmm. and that's what it's it ankle and knee braces, Forrest Gump braces, no, all ma'am. the way up to the. No ma'am. To the thigh. I use them. So I was like, no you ma'am. Have, no I ma'am. use those to no stand ma'am. up now. No ma'am. And so I was like, I was telling my mom, I'm like, mommy, I want to stand up. Let's do it in the kitchen. So <laughs> I'm pulling up on the kitchen sink, and she's like. Where did this come from? Yeah. And I was like, what? What you see? She was like, you got a butt now. Because I always had big hips and thighs, but I never really had a butt. And I was like, oh, snap. My woman body that came in and nobody could see it. Such a shame. Right. <laughs> yeah. no, because we still snatches the way. Exactly. Because <laughs> what? I don't get dressed, but when I do... <laughs> So. Listen here, look at here, look at here. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> like, so. Listen, don't let this wheelchair Don't let all. it. <laughs> listen, listen. Okay. I, look, my mom always told me this is the same thing for you guys. It don't matter how much it is, just make sure you make yourself look good because people are going to stare at us anyway. Yeah. You already know. Mm-hmm. But in the words of the trail, a wheelchair gets them what? You say a wheelchair gets them every time. It does. Yes. And I'm it like, does. Thank you. <laughs> 
it, 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 it does. No it matter where we are. It'll somebody <laughs> hot. It'll be. It has It does. It, it really do. do have purse. I appreciate y'all letting me go to the front of the line at the airport, baby. Let okay, me go. Okay, at the airport. Yeah, I was just going to say at the theme, theme park. Let me tell you something. Yes. Ooh, I, mean, I would never tell people. Well, they gonna know now, but whoever I'm with, like if we go to a theme park, I never tell them like, hey, if you with me, you go to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. So we'll just be there in the line, and they're like, hey, can you and your party come with me? And they're like, they do this what? right here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and me, I'm like, you got tell me like, cool, y'all. And then everybody else that's in the line, they like, how did you get there? I had a situation. I was coming back from um, D.C., and the person, he was like, you guys get to go first. And I'm like, I guess this man was a vet, a wounded vet or something. He got mad because I wanted to go first. I'm like, sir, okay, I don't know. When you was in the vet, I really don't care. But (laughs) that happened when you was in the vet. And I'm pretty sure you weren't like that when you were in the vet. I was born with mine. So, frankly, I'm going to go first. Mm -hmm. And his daughter was trying to go back and forth with me, but I was like, sweetie, it's no comparison. I'm going to go first because I'm a day one. And that's just what it is. I ain't new to this. I'm true to right. this. It's like you're not gonna know. Like no, we've been going through this, and that's and I'm not gonna sit up there and do that. But I do like when airports and stuff gives us the gratitude that we deserve. Mm-hmm. That's not that's always. Man, there's they still. I feel like they don't respect us that, that much either. Because I just had a situation with the airport, but what kind of situation was it? They because you know like. When we oh, take our yeah. bags, we're supposed um, to get our medical supplies you free. You told me. No, you told me about that. You did. We had a conversation. And they were like, that. well, what's in your bag? That's a HIPAA violation. Mm-hmm. I, and they're like, you need to have a note saying I'm dis- I am have a disability. What? No, Don't you say that. That's what I was saying. I was like, I never had to deal with that before. Like, So it it, 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 it depends on the person, I should say. Because some had, people is. You should have had me with you. I'm, she, she's a she's Oh, a, I had my best friend. My best friend was on it. But... Yeah, it was. You, she would have been you. You wouldn't have had to show nothing. Excuse let's put me. it like that. You wouldn't have had to show nothing because, first of all, you ain't got a, a blind person can can come up to That's, you and see that you're in a chair. And we get medical bags free. Mm-hmm. Like, but why do you need a note for that? Was she ugly? Yeah, she, was. she pissed me off I said that twice I said you ugly I was mad at this point you know people that usually are like that and she was and I said that to my best friend I said it's always the ugly one it's always the ugly one you have to let them be because right. you ain't ugly so you gotta, you gotta let them child it's okay girl we understand the reason why how you are you understand we get it but you know airport should do better though because all these people who chairs come up broken and they just throw our stuff yeah they just throw it blue and that's why when i go now i'll be like um can y'all not throw my wheelchair because for one these are expensive and we can only get a new one every five years i told the fake chris brown the fake trey songs when i was getting on the plane i said if y'all break any part of my wheelchair, (laughs) i'm gonna break you you, okay don't look at me me like that because don't break her she don't like to be broke have her like she was, cause yeah, but yo, first of all, your parts be all broke. One part be this mm-hmm, way, one part mm-hmm. be that way. They can't find. They lost my so so. When I went to Atlanta for Christmas two years ago, they lost my wheelchair and put it on the wrong flight. They put it on the wrong flights. Oh, so wow. imagine being in the airport Christmas Eve with no wheelchair. They bring you a wheelchair to the front. The lady seemed they're going back and forth with me and telling me, "I'm sorry, no, you're not just sorry. You're gonna give me two flea, flea flights where I want to go." 
My next flights are going to be on Delta. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to me. Where do you want? Where I want to go? I can tell you right now. I'm going to go this way and this way, and you guys are going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I got two free flights because. I don't have a chair. Anything could have happened to me in that airport. And those wheelchair um, things that they have in the airport are not as comfortable. And they don't fit everybody. Mm-mm. You're talking about the outers? It's like a space, a little space that they give you. They don't fit me. I didn't got a little wider <laughs> now that I turned 30, so I can't just sit. 30-30. And um, now that I'm in my 30s, because I'm 33 now, but... I can't just sit in certain places. Mm-hmm. I was always skinny, but something happened when I turned 30. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> Things happen a lot when you turn a certain age. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just it different. I don't understand. But, yeah, it's just like all of these things that we go through, but I definitely want to change it, guys. I would mm-hmm. not because I feel like if I wasn't, if I didn't have my disability, I wouldn't be the truth on wheels and I wouldn't be how I am. I wouldn't be going through this experience. I wouldn't meet people like you. So I really wouldn't change it. I don't, I would, I would. Yeah. I agree. I just, I, I feel like a lot of people that's out there and I do want you guys to listen because involving three is not just for people that are disabled. We're targeting everybody. So mm-hmm. the, the, these messages that we're giving you guys is for everybody out there that's battling something or not feeling as comfortable with yourself or just don't feel like you're in a safe space because involving three isn't a safe it's space. It's definitely a safe space. Yeah, I definitely want to put that out there. So um, our words are encouragement to you guys three different types of disabilities, three personalities, three inspiring voices. Three different paths. And we're all going on different paths even though it's, Yes, we are. We're together. Mm-hmm. So, that's fun. <laughs> and I do want to I do want to put you guys on blast a little bit Uh-oh. how I appreciate my old gay self and how you guys love and appreciate me and have loved and appreciated me for years. It is very hard to be in an, in a in a place where you're always judged, mm-hmm. and you guys have never done that. And I appreciate you, beautiful lady, so much. <laughs> of course, because it is a struggle to find people that literally understand you. This and is very true. Won't judge you for what you do, mm-hmm. because we're forever judged. This is very yeah. true. I'm so thank you. You're welcome. Um. Yeah. 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 Um. And. On that note, <laughs> um, <laughs> there is a part two to involving three, um, and this will be an every two week podcast that we do. Mm-hmm. So every two weeks we will have topics and things that we will talk about, and things that you can you guys can enjoy. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So um, once again, I'm shot the truth on wheels. I'm natural, and I'm Anna, and we are. Involving. We are involving three. Involving three. <laughs> <laughs> I know see. you was gonna do all that. <laughs> it's okay, but we definitely will see you guys on the next episode yes. of Involving Three. And we're out. We're out.